0: All right, we are back. Welcome back to the podcast. I am Jesse, and this is the Depressed Cincinnati Sports Fan Podcast. On this episode, we're going to recap the Reds' week of baseball games. We're talking about the Bengals, FC Cincinnati. Big weekend ahead at the city of the Cincinnati. We'll talk about that later on the podcast. But it's crazy. Now we're going to start this podcast with leading off with the Cincinnati Reds. It's been a while since I think I've ever done a podcast where I'm leading off with the Reds, but now the Reds are actually playing good baseball and they're actually a very entertaining team, fun team. Whatever you want to call this 2023 version of the Cincinnati Reds, they're just a fun bunch. And I just love that we get to talk about them first To begin this episode of the podcast, now the Reds had a big weekend series last week against the Atlanta Braves last weekend, and that series pretty much lived up to expectations. All three games was pretty much like a playoff game, and the Reds on Friday night against the Braves, let me tell you, the Braves got up to a 5-0 lead. The Reds came back and tied the game at 5, and then the Reds ended up winning the game, holding on at the end, 11-10. That game had pretty much everything. And if you were at the game last Friday night at Great American Ballpark, that was probably the best game in the history of that ballpark. Now, a lot of people say, well, what about the Jay Bruce walk-off home run to win the NL Central in 2010? Yes, that's obviously going to be top two, but from just like just so much that went on last Friday night against the Atlanta Braves. By the way, the Braves are the best team in the National League. You can probably say and argue maybe they're the best team in baseball. Well, the Tampa Bay Rays have the best record in baseball, but I think the Atlanta Braves could be better, but we'll see about that. But anyways, the atmosphere at Great American Ballpark last Friday night was incredible. Just watching it from... The television set—it was loud. Now there was obviously Braves fans, and you know, fuck them. Sorry, I know that I should not be cussing. This is a family podcast, but I, I'm beginning not to like the Atlanta Braves, almost like the Chicago Cubs fans. But, anyways, that's a discussion for later. But that was such an amazing environment. It literally felt like a playoff game, and that game had everything. Ellie De La Cruz. He hit for the cycle. First time a Reds player hit for the cycle since 1989. Eric Davis, a legend in the Cincinnati Reds franchise. Oh, by the way, he's number 44. Same number as Elie Cruz is. What a coincidence, right? Joey Bottle went deep twice. And that game just pretty much had everything. And Atlanta Braves just kept on just like, even when the Reds, (laughs) even though though the Reds were up 11-7, the Braves in the eighth inning Three solo home runs to cut the lead to one, and they just they just kept coming pause, and I was thinking to myself, Oh my gosh, this Red's bullpen and this Reds team is going to make me have a heart attack, and it just feels like every single game during that Reds twelve game winning streak, it was going down to the wire, and they ended up winning that game on Friday night, eleven and ten, and then Saturday and Sunday, unfortunately, the Reds lost. Both games by the same score, seven to six. You know what's crazy is that the Reds and Braves, their season series is over, okay? The Braves won the season series five to one. Every game in those six games were decided by one run. That is just unheard of. And the Braves have a really good team. And the Reds are up and coming with these young star talent players that they have in their. Roster for them to just go toe to toe with the Atlanta Braves. Like I wasn't that upset that they lost two out of three. Coming into that series, I remember in the podcast last week, I did say that if the Reds win one game, I'll be, I'll be okay with it. I'll be satisfied. They could have easily swept the Braves. I mean, the Braves could have easily swept the Reds as well. They could have. They sh- probably saying themselves. We should have won Friday night. But man, those were fun games and. Great American Ballpark set an attendance record for a three-game series. I mean, 40-plus fans showed up. (laughs) Like I've been saying, it's like when you put a good winning product on the field, fans are going to show up. And I hope the Castellinis realize that. But I still don't like them, and I'll probably never ever like them anyways. But... When you put a product out there that is promising and they're winning, fans will show up. And that's what the Reds fans did last weekend at Great American Ballpark. So that was great. I wasn't too upset with them losing the series to Atlanta Braves. 12-game winning streak. Probably one of the most funnest rides as a Cincinnati Reds fan. I've been a Reds fan for over 20 years. This is probably the most fun I've ever watched them as being a fan. Seriously. Because... It's like this team is so fun to watch. They have such good young talent and more on the way. And they just keep you on your toes. And even though it can be stressful at times, I'm just having fun with it. And it's just entertaining baseball. And that's what I wanted the Reds to be before the season. Like, I just wanted them to be competitive. I wanted just to watch a team that, okay, they're they're competitive and they're showing promise and the future is bright. They're way ahead of schedule, okay? And currently, as I record this podcast on June, I believe, June 29th, 2023, the Cincinnati Reds are in first place in the National League Central Division. Words that I probably never thought I will utter on this podcast this year. But what a time right now for the Cincinnati Reds. Now, this week, the Reds were in Baltimore taking on the Baltimore Orioles, who are really good as well. 49 wins, I'm sorry, 48 wins so far in the season. And they're a young and up-and-coming team, but they're, I think they're ahead of schedule because Baltimore has been bad over the last couple of seasons. And then last year, they won 83 games. And this year, they're probably going to win more than 83 games. So this was this was a nice test between two young teams that i are probably going to be up there in the leagues for years to come, hopefully. So the first game, eh, that was not good. Baltimore won that game 10-3. to It was raining all week over there in Baltimore, Maryland. And the Red Starter, Brandon Williamson, he looked good in the first inning. I mean, I was thinking, okay, he's going to give us probably six solid innings. And then the, the rain started pouring on him, and he couldn't throw strikes. And it was just pretty much... A disaster. And after that, like he couldn't recover, and the Reds couldn't recover as well. Spencer Steer had a home run in that game, and he was pretty much the only offensive highlight for the Cincinnati Reds in the first game of the series. So that was pretty much not a good game to watch. Second game, the Reds were able to bounce back and win 3 to 1. Andrew Abbott, he is 4 0 on the season. He went six innings, allowed two hits, one out the run. He walked three, but he struck out eight. This man is a strikeout machine. His last two starts, he has struck out 19 batters. Man. I mean, you can probably say with the injuries to the Reds pitching rotation right now, you can say that Andrew Abbott is a Reds ace right now. I mean, that's not too far-fetched to say. And even if and when Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo come back, you don't know if they're going to come back to their form like the word beforehand. And I will still say that Andrew rabbit's probably better than two right now. Yeah, obviously, because, I mean, Green has the hip problem. And then we don't know what Lodolo's calf injury. They're saying that he's going to be out till August. And now we heard this past week that Hunter Green is likely to be out till August as well. So it's pretty much going to be Andrew Abbott and then Everyone else. So he's pretty much the ace of the staff right now. And well deserved. In this game, man, Matt McClain had a home run. And then TJ Friedel had a home run as well. And then Alexa Diaz saved it down for the Reds in this one. So three one Reds in game two of the of the series against Baltimore. And then the third game on Wednesday night. Oh my gosh, this game had everything. Okay. The Reds got up 3-nothing to begin the game. Sweet. Then I look at who is pitching for the Cincinnati Reds and it's Luke Weaver. If you guys don't know who Luke Weaver is, I am not going to bash this man on my podcast because I don't want to be that person, but I got to be honest, he's not really good and every time Luke Weaver pitches, I just think that this man's going to be like Let's see, his stat line is gonna be four innings pitched, ten hits allowed, six earned runs, three walks, and probably three strikeouts. The Reds gave Luke Weaver a lead. And by the way, when Luke Weaver Weaver pitches for the Reds, the Reds give him runs. Like the Reds offense scores over five runs a game when Weaver pitches. So whenever he's on the mound, I'm thinking to myself, okay, the Reds offense is about to go in. Reds gave him a three spot in the first inning, and then in the bottom inning, Baltimore scores four runs, and the Reds are already the Reds are down four three. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, this doesn't really surprise me, but the Reds, as they call them, the rally Reds, come back the next inning. They score three runs, six to four. I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be an offensive shootout, the rubber match of the three game set between these two teams, and then pitching began to dominate this game for for the next like. Several innings, Luke Weaver actually calmed down a little bit after the first inning and actually pitched decent in his remaining three innings. He pitched or four innings, I believe. And then the Reds add up a run, added a run in the eighth inning to take a seven to four lead. I'm thinking to myself that was a big insurance run. Let's go! Enter in Buck Farmer, who has been really good for the Reds out in the bullpen this season. He gets the first two outs, and then he proceeds to allow three runs, including a two-run tying home run to Adam Frazier of Baltimore. This man allowed three runs in two outs. It's 7-7. Are you kidding me right now? I'm like, wow. And then the Reds in the ninth inning had first and third with no outs. They didn't get nothing. And I'm like, okay, we're not going to win this game. That was the negative side of Jesse coming into play. But they were able to get out of the bottom of the ninth inning. And in the tenth inning, David Bell was telling Will Benson, bunt. He showed bunt. Didn't happen. And then the next pitch rocks. (laughs) He rocks a triple to right field to give the Reds the 8-7 lead. By the way, extra innings in baseball, there's already a runner on second you know we, we they, they they've been doing that for the last couple of seasons just because we don't want to be watching baseball for like twenty four innings okay we don't want to be watching baseball till like five in the morning where we all where we all have to go to work no that's why there's always a runner to begin each inning will Benson triple made it eight seven Reds and then t j Friedel's two run home run made it ten seven. Big, big home run right there. And then the Reds got another run on a pass ball, made it 11-7. And then for some reason, and I I knew it, even though it was a comfortable, I put quotes on that, comfortable four-run lead, Baltimore wouldn't go away. And I knew the Reds would try to make things way harder than it should. And they did. And they almost allowed the tying run to get up in the plate. But that didn't happen. Shout out to Cruz for striking out three in a row to nail down the win in the series for the Reds. 11-7 final in 10 innings. The Cincinnati Reds are 43-38. and They're five games over 500. And like I said, they're in first place in the National League Central Division standings. Amazing. Amazing. Now, the Reds have a series against the San Diego Padres coming up this weekend at Great American Ballpark for three games. The first game is Friday at 5.10 p.m. The second game is Saturday at 1.10, I believe, and then Sunday at 1.40 p.m. Eastern Time. And then after that, they have four at Washington to begin the first week of June. And then to end the first half of baseball, three against the Milwaukee Brewers, in Milwaukee. That's a big series. And that's gonna these next what we got? These next 10 games are gonna tell me a lot about the Cincinnati Reds. If they can at least go Man, I really want seven and three, but if they can go six and four during this stretch, I'm okay with it. Okay, that will leave them at 49 and 42. So you're seven games over five hundred heading into the all star break. I'll take that. I'll take that, and I think a lot of you Reds fans will take that as well. So big next ten games coming up, and Reds baseball is fun. It's fun to watch them they're just they're a team that doesn't give up. They have the most comeback wins in Major League Baseball, and they just love to run the bases one of the top stolen bases teams in the league. They're aggressive. They're running no matter what. And I think the Braves manager was saying that, God, we're so happy that we don't have to play the Reds anymore unless the Reds and Braves match up in the postseason in October. But he was saying that we're so glad we don't have to play Cincinnati anymore because the Reds are that team. that They're that annoying team where it's like even though you're up and they just keep on Battling back. They will they will continue to make the game hard. They'll continue to just fight till the end. And that's why I just love watching this team play. they just it's great. It really is. Okay, so Ellie De La Cruz was named National League Player of the Week for his performance last week. Obviously, that man crushed it with the cycle that he had last Friday night against the Atlanta Braves. And then also their top prospect. No, Novi, Novi, Marte, and Connor Phillips, they got a promotion. They're up in AAA Louisville. That was announced on Monday. So that was good news on that front. Also, Marte is going to be in the 2023 Futures games that will be played in Seattle. That's where the All-Star game is going to be at in the next two weeks. So that's awesome for him. And... Yeah, this is going to be an important stretch for the Cincinnati Reds ball club these next 10 games, but if you guys want to know where my belief system is at right now, I said I was, what, six and a half on, I think it was last Thursday, and then now I'm at seven and a half. I'm still at seven and a half when it comes to my belief of this team. I believe that they're going to continue to compete, absolutely, I'm not there when it comes to, okay, they're going to win the National League Central. I'm not there yet because the pitching rotation has problems. They need to get another arm or two, obviously. And then I probably think they need to get another arm or two in, in the bullpen as well. So we'll see. Either way, I'm just glad the Reds are relevant. It's good. It's good for baseball and it's good for the city as well. All right, switching teams in the tri-state area, the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, they're off till next month, and training camp doesn't begin until the end of July. So not really going on in the Cincinnati Bengals front. All the players are taking their vacations, etc. And I can't wait till the report back, like I said, in the end of July. The only thing that's going on that I want to talk about just for a little bit, I'm not going to talk this for long, but... Okay, the Bengals and Chiefs. All right, you can say this is a rivalry. I, I mean, yes, because those are the two of the best teams in the AFC, and those are the two teams that represent the AFC in the last two Super Bowls. With the Chiefs winning it this past season, and the Bengals losing to the Rams in last year. But Jamar Chase, the the quote that he said. After Joe Burr said in the presser about a week or two ago saying that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football, which he is. That's what Joe said. And that's a true statement. And then one of the news guy or the news media persons asked Jamar about like, what well, do you think what Joe said about Pat being the best quarterback in the league? And Jamar said, Pat who? And. I don't, he probably didn't think he knew he was talking about Patrick Mahomes, but gosh, Chiefs fans went off on that. And Jamar Chase said that Joe Burrow is the best quarterback. Obviously, he's going to say that. That's his boy. He believes that. So I don't have a problem with him backing up his boy saying that he is the best quarterback in the league. This is, that's not a big deal. And the whole Pat Hoot thing, oh my gosh, like for real, Chiefs fans, are you, gosh. I know Chase knows that Mahomes is great. Like, we know he is. And then the tight end, Travis Kelsey, for the Chiefs. I mean, I, I should not be talking ill will about Kelsey because he did went to UC. And yay, that's good and all. But And I know Kelsey's is one of the best tight ends in the league. I do acknowledge that, but I do think he's annoying at times. He said that, oh, don't be talking shit about Pat, blah, 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 you know, you know, talk on the field, or do you talk on the field, all this shit, blah, 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 blah. I don't know the quote that Kelsey said about Chase. I don't give a shit, honestly, but I don't know why Chiefs fans are so hung up on what Jamar Chase is saying. Like, are you? that really was the talk in Kansas City last week or two weeks ago. During your ring night, you're going to really talk about what the Bengals players said. I'm telling you, Chiefs fans are like... Like, the Bengals are in their heads, for real. It's like, you guys just beat us in the AFC title game. You guys just won the Super Bowl, and still, you're still talking about us. Here, I don't really, honestly, yes, the Chiefs are, are, they're pretty much, that's that's our competition right there. If we want to get to the Super Bowl, if we want to win the AFC, it, it goes through Kansas City, but... You don't hear me talking about them a lot because, really, I don't give a shit. The only time I'll talk about the Chiefs is when the Chiefs and Bengals are playing. After that, sure, I'll, I'll mingle on Twitter, but I'm not going to be tweeting, oh, Chiefs, 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 my home, my home, Kelsey, All blah, I no, 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 no. But you'll see that a lot in the Chiefs' kingdom Twitter land. It's, it's ridiculous. I think it's pretty funny, too, but also sad at the same time that the Bengals are on your heads, even though you guys won a Super Bowl. Makes no sense. You guys can say whatever I want about the Bengals and Chiefs rivalry. I don't care, okay? I will I will talk about the Bengals and Chiefs when that game comes. Until then, sure. We'll talk about Bengals, Chiefs, like, okay, where they're at when it comes to the standings and the seedings and et cetera and blah, blah, blah. But after the, other than that, shh, whatever. <laughs> Pointless, <laughs> to be honest. All right, so FC Cincinnati switching sports teams in the city. Now... FC suffered a tough loss on the road last Saturday. The loss at D.C. United. Snapping their 13-game unbeaten streak. It's been a while since FC has lost. The last time FC Cincinnati lost was against St. Louis over there. And they lost pretty big. It was like 5-1. I think for them, having a game like that and then having a week off, I think it's going to help them. Their next match is at well, it's at home, it's at TQL Stadium, against the New England Revolution on Saturday at seven thirty p.m. FC is still in first place in the league with forty three points. Okay, they're still a great team. Every great team is going to have a stumble, but <laughs> you saw—I saw a little bit on Twitter—people saying, "Well, FC got exposed, blah blah blah." I, I think you know they. Some of their players were playing for the U.S. Men's National Team, like Matt Manigaz. And I believe Brandon Vasquez was also playing for USA. Those are two important players. I'm just saying. So, every great team is, is bound to have a bad night, okay? I don't think FC got exposed. The only time you can say maybe FC got exposed is when they have their full team and they're playing and they lost and it's like they show some deficiencies. They they do have deficiencies, but they're still a good team, Man, some some people, it, 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 you know what? It's those people that are FC fans saying, oh, God, we, we showed our, our weakness, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. One loss, and it's like the end of the world. They're still like over. They still lead the league by like, I believe, six or eight points. Like, chill out. It's still a great team, okay? So they'll be fine. Just got to get this win against the Revolution on Saturday. New England's actually a pretty decent team, so that should be a good game. It's another sellout game, the ninth sellout game at TQL Stadium, so FC Cincinnati's doing work when it comes to bringing fans out to TQL Stadium. All right, so like I said in the beginning of the podcast, it's a big weekend in the city of Cincinnati. And it's not for sports. Well, it is for sports reasons as well, but I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, but she's on tour, and her next stop is in Cincinnati. She'll be performing Friday and Saturday night at Paycor Stadium. Also, the Reds are in town for three games against the Padres. And then, like I said, FC Cincinnati has a home match on Saturday night. If you're going to, down, if you're going to downtown Cincinnati this weekend, you're a brave soul. You really are. I am not going anywhere. Anywhere in that city. Good luck. And Taylor Swift, I, I'm not a fan, but thank you. Thank you for having your presence in Cincinnati. Thank you for performing. Because all of that money, all those ticket sales, it's going to the Joe Burr and Jamar Chase Contract Extension Fund. So we appreciate you. So all you Swifties, you probably don't listen to this podcast, but... I hope you guys have a great time at Paycor Stadium. That's all. So um, that's pretty much it for this podcast. And I will talk to you guys later. Um, <laughs> We'll be back next week, okay? We'll be back next week, and we'll talk about more about the Reds, and we'll talk about the Bengals, if there's any any other Bengals news since they're off for the next three to four weeks. And also, we'll recap FC Cincinnati's matchup against New England. Sorry for that little audible. Somebody just came downstairs, and I was like, oh, got me caught off guard. All right, I'm out. Love you guys. I will talk to you guys next week. Peace out. <laughs>